guys, thanks for being here this morning. Uh, I'm uh, Tim Rogers, uh, lead pastor here at Grace Point Church, and uh, we're experimenting this morning with a new location and a new setup, and so if you give me a little grace, we'll give you a little grace, and everyone will be a little more gracious on the way out. How about that? Um, I love that we can be here. I really do, and I want to thank the team for setting up such a wonderful place um, for us. And just so you know, uh, briefly, the reason that we're here at the factory, we have uh, seen and have said for a long time that the factory is going to be Grace Point Church's primary means of local outreach. Like, we want to connect to our community through the factory primarily. We don't want to make it up outside of that. And so connecting here and being a part of this place in this time, uh, for us, is just a way to express our, our love and care for the factory ministries and all who kind of call the factory home. So if you're hanging out this morning and you don't know much about the factory, uh, I just want to encourage you that it's an amazing organization. It's an amazing place, um, great leadership and staff. Uh, and I would love to encourage you to think about, are there ways in the middle of what you're going to be looking forward to in the coming season of your life, next year, season, are there ways that you might be able to consider being involved in some way in our community through the ministry of the factory? One simple way I'll put out there for those who may be on the retired side of life or have a little bit more time, bingo. Come play bingo with people at the factory. I'm very serious. Uh, monthly bingo happens here. It's a beautiful place to build relationships um, and just have some fun. But here's the deal. If you're going to come play bingo, you have to come to win. All right, That's the one rule I heard. You don't come just to come along. You come to win bingo. That's what I hear. It's, it's serious. Come on out and play bingo. All right. Why? Just a chance to interact with and hang out with, with peers and meet new friends in our community who may or may not be connected to faith, but I really encourage you to consider maybe some new ways to invest your own time as we go forward. So a lot of opportunities, but we love being here at the factory uh, so, so much. All right. With that being said, I'm going to move on from that. We have some VIPs in our midst this morning. Um, there are four VIPs this morning, and they're the ones who are also going to get the most wet this morning, all right? Uh, and so I'm standing next to this is our baptismal, uh, I don't know, feeding trough this morning. It's, I guess it's kind of what it is. Um, however, it's where they're going to get baptized. So we got Addie uh, and Miley and Logan and Haley somewhere, and I'm trying to find them all, but they're here. And uh, there we are. Thank you for the little, little parents who are like, I don't want to embarrass them, but I am going to help you out. They're over here. All right, I appreciate that. Uh, so this morning, in a few minutes, Addie and Miley and Logan and Haley are going to get baptized. So we're like super excited about that. So to be honest, the rest of us are just kind of um, observers this morning. And, and they're having a really special moment this morning where they have a chance to say, this morning, publicly, we want to follow Jesus for the rest of our lives. Now, with that being said, I'd like the rest of us, though, to participate um, in something, if you can help me out here, all right? Um, because uh, I think that as they think about putting their eyes on Jesus for the rest of their life, I think about who is it that um, maybe we all have kind of put our eyes to. Let me think about it this way. Um, have you ever had a, a goal or a dream when you were little about growing up to be like somebody or growing up to do something? In other words, someone asked you a question when you were little, and that is this question. What did you want to be when you grow up? All right, what do you want to be when you grow up? All right, so we're not at Grace Point Church on Singer Avenue 
there, the rules are when Tim talks, no one else is allowed to talk. We don't have those rules here today, all right? So the rules here today are when Tim asks a question, now I am going to invite feedback, and so you are allowed to talk in this building, all right? So what did you want to be when you grew up? Let's play audience participation. What do we got? What did you want to be when you grew up? President. Awesome. All right. An artist. I love it. I heard something over here somewhere. A nurse. I love that. I love that. And a what? A, a policeman. Awesome. I love that. Good. Good. Policeman, artist, nurse. Good. What else? What did you want to be when you grew up? There's no right answer. I'm not reaching for any answer. I'm just curious. What did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah. A singer? Very good. Good, good. An astronaut? Still my one, Dan. I mean, there's still time. <laughs> Too much math. <laughs> very good, very good. Who else? An actress? Did I hear that right? Yeah. Very good. I love it. Tiffany wanted to be a zebra tamer. It's a very specific ambition. I love it. I, so I want. There's a farm that had one. <laughs> oh, there was a, a farm that had a zebra, not a zebra tamer. No. Okay, I got. It. That's so cool. Well, just for perspective, I wanted to be a garbage collector when I grew up because I thought it was cool to ride on the back of garbage trucks outside. So. Yeah, Ely, add it. What's that? A karate teacher. Thank you. A karate teacher. And I think you could be a good one. Very good. Anybody else? Are there any old people in here who had dreams when they were little? Do you remember that? If you're let me go over sixty, all right? And I just drew a line. I just drew a line. Just identified old as over sixty. Anybody over sixty can remember what they wanted to be when they grew up when they were little? I know it's a lot to ask, but I think we got it. What do we got? What's that? That's too far away. Tell them here. Oh, you know you had ambitions when you were little. What did you want to be when you were when you were when you were younger? What did you want to be? Ambitions? What's that? No, I'm like you are the president. You're not. You're not 60 yet, Dylan. You're uh, just not halfway there. Anybody over 60? Over 55? 51? I mean, this is like a reverse auction all of a sudden. I mean, I don't really care, but I just am thinking, you know, there's got to be some people who've been around for a little while who, you know, had some ambition. I'm not going to hang here too much longer, so give me some. Yeah, go ahead, Michelle. A rocket? Awesome. I love it. I love it. Very good, very good. Last one. Last chance for anyone... And that maybe you're offended because I called you old at over 60. Yeah, please accept my forgiveness. Uh, last, last one. Any last go? A mom? Where was that? Yeah, a mom. Yeah, very good. Very good. Thank you for participating. That's good. Um, I wanted to be both a garbage collector and um, also Michael Jordan uh, when I was little. So neither one of them came to be, although I do collect garbage at home outside. Um, and I do play basketball, it's just a little different than the way Jordan used to play. Um, 
Thanks for sharing that. That was that was fun. I appreciate that. So why did I bring that up? So here's the deal, especially for Logan and Haley and, and Addie and Miley. Um, who we look toward or what we look toward, that impacts the direction that we go, right? You know that. So what you think about, what you think about and what you act on impacts every decision that you're going to make. And so if you want to be a zebra tamer, or if you want to be a garbage collector, if you want to be a rocket, or if you want to be a policeman or a nurse or a, an actress or a president, what you're going to do, and you guys know this is your smart already, what you're going to do is you're going to line everything up the way that you think and the way that you act is going to be aligned to that goal. And this morning, this morning, as you guys, particularly the four of you, get ready to be baptized, I want to encourage you again to remember this morning, because this morning is not just about coming to share your testimony, which you'll do in a minute, not just about getting wet, which you'll get in a minute, but it's going to be about saying, I want to follow Jesus. And therefore, I want to encourage you to say, if you're going to follow him, just like you would imagine doing everything you can to be an actress or a singer, I want to encourage you to think about Following Jesus with my life means that I'm going to be thinking about, I'm going to be acting in a way that's consistent with what Jesus might want me to be like. Now, I want to take you to the passage that we're in. We're in, um, in the book of Philippians, a New Testament letter that Paul wrote. We're near the end of it. And so if you have a Bible with you, I want to invite you to turn to the last chapter of Philippians. Uh, Paul was writing from prison, um, and in this writing, he's, he's getting to the end of the letter. And he's speaking in a personal way to the Philippians. And in this last section, we'll see that he calls them brothers and sisters. It's a very personal, familial, friendly, warm greeting. And he's encouraging them to give thought to how they act, how they think. And I want to read that with you because I think it's a great passage this morning for people who are trying to make a public commitment to follow Jesus. So Philippians chapter 4 Beginning at verse 8 is where we're going to be. Okay. Just reading two verses, and many of you uh, have memorized these verses over the course of your life. Some have not, which is no problem. Here we go. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Verse 9, whatever you have heard from me or received or heard from me or seen me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. All right, two verses there for this morning for us to think about. Now, first of all, what I want to say is it seems really simple, right? It seems really simple, these verses. And if you're, particularly if you're getting baptized this morning, I want to encourage you to consider memorizing these verses. They're really, really powerful, um, and I hope they're helpful for you. But this seems incredibly simple to start. In all of the things we do, Paul gives us these lists of things to do, to be aware of these things. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, praiseworthy. to think about these things. Uh, really quite simple, right? Well, let's just kind of go little by little. I'm not going to spend time on a couple of these, but I want to talk through what Paul's actually saying here. So he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is true. I'm going to spend the most time on this one, not, because, not only because it's first, but also because I think it's so significantly important right now for the world in which we live. So, Addie, Miley, and Logan, and Haley, for the world in which you are going to grow up in, 
in the world in which your parents are going to try to help support you in. Um, this is a world that is struggling with what truth means. What does it mean that something is true, that something isn't? If you're supposed to think about things that are true, how is it that we do that? How is it that Paul in the prison in Rome at this time is writing to people and saying, I want you to think about whatever is, whatever is true? I want, to think, I want to put it to you this way. Uh, when I grew up, I knew a kid who had uh, big ears. Ears kind of stuck out from his head a little bit. Uh, anybody know people like that? Don't have to raise your hand or point. That's uh, fine. But what would happen to this kid sometimes is that people would make fun of him because of his ears. They really stuck out. When you look at him, you're like, whoa, that kid has ears. I mean, most of the time, you don't think about that. But when you notice someone's ears, it's like, oh, they've got ears. And what would happen to this kid is every now and then, sometimes people would make fun of him because of how far out from his head his ears stuck. Over time, this kid begins to see himself as the kid with big ears. So when he looks in the mirror, you know what he thinks is true about himself? What he thinks is true is that there's something wrong with him. What he thinks is true is that his ears define him. What he thinks is true is that he is less than his friends around him who have quote-unquote normal ears. And what can happen is one person starts making fun and then another one. But then there's a third person who hears what's going on and they're sitting there. And they're wondering, they're trying to decide should I be involved in making fun of the kid with big ears? Or should I help the kid with big ears? What should I do? And what can happen to all of us is that because we all want to fit in, we all want to be a part of what some people call we're willing to go along with something just because it helps us out. And so that third kid on some days, that kid would join in, that kid would join in and make fun of the kid with big ears. The kid would go home and think, boy, I feel good that I'm still a part of my friend group because together, together, we're making fun of that kid with big ears, but at least I have a place to belong. At least I have somebody who I can connect to. And what can happen with all of us is over time as we try to figure out what is true. You know what's actually true for the kid with big ears? What's actually true is that his identity is found in Jesus. He's an image bearer of God. That's what's true. And when people start to tell him things that aren't true and even agree together, even agree together to tell a different version of truth because they're afraid of losing their friendships, because they're afraid of getting kicked out of the group, this Paul would say, friends, especially if you're a new believer. Be careful that you think about what is true, that you tell the truth, that you share the truth. Our world, and you know this, our world is now a world that even eight years ago, nine years ago, was not dealing with terms like this. Alternative facts, fake news. Those are new terms for us. They are. They're new terms for us and. Logan and Haley and Addie and Miley, you're going to be growing up in this world. But all of a sudden, we're going to take those terms for granted. There's a Pew Research study that showed since, since COVID has come and gone, since 2019, 
there's been a 17% drop across North America, across the United States, in confidence um, in a scientific answer to a question, in scientific experts, 17%. And I understand why that is. I'm not judging it, but I'm just saying this is the world in which our kids and we are now living. It is a world that questions whether truth can even be known. It's a world that questions the basis of reality. What that means for us as Christians is that if we're not willing to tell the truth or seek the truth in one area, then we compromise all of it. Because Jesus said, and you know this, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. As Christians, we're supposed to be people of the truth, of all other things. We're supposed to be people of the truth. People of the truth. And if we are willing to go along with things that are not true, like making fun of a kid with big ears, then how is the world supposed to believe us that the other things we say are true? That Jesus is a Savior full of grace and mercy. So not telling the truth in one area impacts every area. And so when Paul writes, think about whatever is true, don't run by this one too quickly. This is so, so important, and, I'd argue, and I would argue so difficult also for the world in which we now live. This is where he starts. He says, think about whatever true. Now, if you're following along in the Bible, you might be like, "That's cool. we're going to be here for three hours if Tim's going to take that long on each one of these characteristics. I'm not. I'm going to move very quickly now. But I did want to pause there because I do think that is a unique challenge in the world in which we're in right now. So as finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, and then he goes right in, and I'm going to move quickly here. He says whatever is noble. Noble is basically this idea of, of honorable uh, and you know, the kind of um, thing that is good, if you will, worthy of respect. Then he says whatever is right, which means um, you're not cutting corners on things. Whatever is pure, that means without defect. Whatever is lovely, which is like pleasing, causes people to be pleased. Whatever is admirable, um, which means deserving approval. If anything, and then he, he wraps it up with this summary phrase, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Think about such things. Here's what he means by that. If anything is excellent, what he means there, that is a word that means moral excellence, not, not performance excellence. Okay, listen to that difference. I'll say it one more time. This is not about performance excellence, but moral excellence. What that means is, and think about it this way, imagine if you're sitting there in school for a minute and you're about to take a test and you have an opportunity all right you have an opportunity to cheat right in front of you and you look at the test and you realize like I'm taking this test I have the opportunity to cheat no one's going to know what's going on but a thought goes through your mind and you think oh, what if I get caught what would I tell my parents in other words you start thinking what would my parents do that thought that thought is the idea behind excellence. It's a moral excellence. It's a calling you to something more. The call of excellence here isn't that everyone has to get an A-plus on every test that you take. This is an excellence. Excellence isn't that you're going to get every raise and every promotion. Excellence isn't that you're going to just beat your, your body into submission. 
thing that you do. That's not excellence here. Excellence is a moral excellence. Excellence is saying, in how I interact with my world, I'm going to be willing to be called to something higher. I'm not just going to think about what I want to do. When I take the test and I have a chance to cheat, I'm going to think about something else. I'm going to think about that which has moral excellence. So Paul is saying, if it's excellent or praiseworthy, and then he says, think about such things. Think about it. Think about it. Why does he say think about it? Uh, think comes from, it, it gives us our word in English, we call logic. It's that Greek word that gives us logic. Right? So he's saying, I want you to logically think about this. In other words, plan your life around these things. Don't just like have the thought, oh, that would be kind of cool to, to do that. Like sometimes I meet people, and you do too, who have hopes and dreams, but they're just like wishes. They're like, oh, I'm thinking about maybe one day I'll, I'd like to move here. One day maybe I'd like to go there. Maybe one day I'd like to do this. And you know, and talking to them, those are just thoughts that essentially have no structure to them. They have no meat. They're not going to do what they're saying they're going to do. He's saying, logically think about it so that as you live, you can put a plan together. So that when you're sitting there taking the test, when you're looking in the mirror at yourself, when you are planning your future, that you can logically think you have a moment where you intentionally stop and are like, is what I'm about to do excellent or praiseworthy? Is what I'm about to, to dream of for my family excellent or praiseworthy? Is what I'm about to do on this team, is the way I'm going to handle my anger excellent or praiseworthy? Is the way I'm going to handle this person who just me and betrayed me, is this excellent or praiseworthy? He's saying, I want you to, in your life, in every relationship that you have, in the way that you see God and your faith, the way you see your money and your health, is it excellent or praiseworthy when you have a chance to respond to this moment? He's saying, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. I want you to put it into this spot. I want you to put it in your life. Think about it. Don't just have a hope about it, but put it into your life. All right? And then he says this at the end of verse 8 into verse 9. Think about such things, and verse 9 goes on. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. What does that mean? If verse 8 is about thinking, and it is, verse 8 is about what to think about, verse 9 is about what to do about it. He's like, put it into practice. So verse 8 is think about it, verse 9 is let's do it. And Paul is essentially saying, Whatever you've learned, whatever you've heard, whatever you've seen in me, like put it into practice. Uh, in another letter Paul wrote, he said, um, follow me as I have followed Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Follow me as I have followed Christ. So what is Paul calling people to? He's calling them to follow him. So here's what this means. Especially, let me go back to our four VIPs in there. Let me go back to Miley. Let me go back to Addie. Let me go back to Logan. Let me go back to Haley for a minute. God, as you think about what you're about to do, all right, as you think about what you're about to do, I want you to think about as you live your life and move forward from here. Not only what are you thinking about that's excellent or praiseworthy, but also who, who in your life can you look to who models Jesus to you? Because that's what Paul is saying to these early church in, in Philippi. He's saying, follow the people who are following Christ. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes it's not enough just to have an idea in my mind. I need to be reminded that I have a relationship with someone who cares and loves me. And sometimes that impacts the way that I live in this world. So what Paul is saying here is, guys, of all the things that you do, as you get ready to follow Jesus, think about these things. What's excellent and praiseworthy? And then put it into practice, and here's what I mean. Follow, he said, follow me as I follow Christ.
So I want to encourage you to think about who is it that you know who follows Jesus? Because this is the call from Paul here early on. Whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever, whatever, whatever. Think about such things. So my hope, guys, for you, whatever you do, whatever you do, as you think about your futures, I hope that whatever you do, it will be excellent and praiseworthy. Not excellent as always awesome and perfect. That's a standard that we can't keep. But excellent in that we think about who is Jesus and what would he want. That as you seek to live your life, you'll think, who is it that I know that follows Jesus? How can I be encouraged to live like them, to live even like Paul did? For the rest of us who are not getting baptized today, I hope this morning, in a, in a minute, um, you know, you're going to have a chance even to write some uh, notes, I think, on the connection cards and share some encouragement with, with some of our people who are getting baptized. But I hope that you, and the journey that you're on right now, will also be able to think and act in a manner that's excellent and praiseworthy. Not moral perfection, not, not perfection, but a way to think through how is it... How is it that we live? So let me just push this out, and then I'm going to move on and let uh, Kevin get up here. Here's what this means for me, just practically. When you look in the mirror, look in the mirror, and you see yourself, what's true? What's true? Because as some of you may have guessed, you know, I was, I was a kid with big ears when I was little. You know, and I often heard that. Uh, even at church, believe it or not. Uh, your ears stick out. Look at those ears. Look at those ears. What's true? What's true? Because when you look in the mirror, you can try to make yourself to be more than you want to be. Right? You can try to make yourself something. If you were to think about what's true, when you look in the mirror, when you listen to this and hear this, God doesn't love you more in the future than he does now. God is not going to be more pleased with you in the future than he is right now. Jesus is not waiting for you to be a better version of yourself. You don't need to be stronger or better looking. You don't need to be any of that. What the reality is, what is true, is that you're made in the image of God. You're someone who's made in the image of God. That's what's true when you look in the mirror like that. Think about your future. Think about your relationships. People have hurt you, maybe your friendships. Thinking about, hey... People who've walked away, people who've hurt me. My, not all my friends are connecting with me. What do I do? You know, we can choose to get angry. We can choose to walk away. Or what's noble? What's right? What's pure? Whatever's excellent or praiseworthy. Maybe I can choose, maybe like God did for Christ to forgive. Maybe I can choose graciousness. Maybe I can choose kindness and mercy. As you think about your future ambitions, what you want to do when you grow up? What you want to do when you grow up? Think about whatever career it is. Policeman, zebra tamer, president, artist, actress, even rockette. That as you do what you do, may you do it in a way that brings truth, nobility, purity, loveliness, beauty to the world around you. Whatever you do, may you bring that kind of moral excellence. Not perfection, but moral excellence. So that we can follow we can follow Christ in every area of our lives. Guys, I'm looking forward to you getting baptized. I'm going to step out of the way here right after I pray. 
and we're going to move forward with that. But I hope that you do not forget this day, and I hope that you will memorize these verses, and I hope and be encouraged um, as you walk together. So will you pray with me? Our good God and Heavenly Father, thank you for the chance to be together this morning, and I thank you for uh, those folks this morning who are getting baptized. Just an awesome opportunity have the time where they get to speak, share their own faith, uh, and also just have a time of a public recognition that they want to follow Jesus. So I, I pray that you would take them forward from here with strength, courage, and that for all of us, for all of us, as we seek to follow Jesus, that we can think, think about what is excellent, praiseworthy, that we can act in a way that models the behavior of people who follow you. Father, I pray that you would strengthen us in our walk, and especially those getting baptized this morning. And we thank you for them. We look forward to their sharing with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.